The best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. Well, the world rankings have never represented anything that actually makes any sense. That's offensive to our entire nation, Stephen. We, we, we live and die by the world rankings here. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. We are uh, previewing five specific fixtures for you that are going to be on TV over, over the course of the weekend. We're starting with Villa against Everton, BT Sports tomorrow at half 12, Brentford versus Manchester United, Sky Sports at half past five. You can make the case that either of those two games are going to be the game of the weekend, but we all know they're not really. Forest West Ham, Sky Sports 2 o'clock on Sunday, Richie McCormick and Brian Kerr on commentary duty for us on Off the Ball on that one. And Vinnie Perth is alongside Stephen Doyle for what is absolutely the game of the weekend. It's Chelsea against Spurs, kicks off at half past four. And then on Monday night, Liverpool, who've already dropped two points this season, play Palace at home. Sometimes they've uh, stuffed up against Palace in big games in the past. Not recently, but sometimes they have. That's Monday night at eight o'clock. And um, yeah, so Colin Booger with me in studio, David Connolly on the line. David, good morning to you. Half, good afternoon to you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you guys? Um I want to start with Villa because I'm a Villa fan and we've had a big response to the fact that we're talking about somebody other than Manchester United this week on the show. (laughs) Is Steven Gerrard a good manager, David? A nice handy question to kick us off here. (laughs) Um, Geez, I mean, um, I I guess uh, if you're obviously a Villa fan, you know, that the result, the opening day defeat against a Bournemouth side, I think everybody was looking at as... As and they still might be relegation contenders, make no mistake. But uh, a lot of headlines, you know, leading up to the game with Tyrone Mings, obviously. Um, and you know, the goals they conceded were pretty bad. You've you've got to say, um, I thought Keeper Moore's one was was awful. The marking in the box. Look, it's only the first game of the season, so um, I, I don't think uh, we should look too far into it but to me I mean if you're a fan you've seen I saw him live last season and and at times they're really good at other times I don't know how he's going to get you know the players that he's bought into the same team you know I don't know how he's going to get and maybe he can't Ings, Watkins, Buendia, Coutinho I, I don't know how he's going to get those attacking players on the pitch because they just he just can't seem to find a way to accommodate them all so um I think he is under a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't say, you know, he's under, he creates his own pressure, right, to do well. But make no mistake, I think these two incredible football players um, probably haven't, you know, certainly got off to the start that they would have wanted, you know, this season. And, you know, there'll be a lot of attention on them. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is the opening day of the season and we shouldn't overreact However, it's kind of of a pattern with how the end of last season finished. Villa were great in some games. Villa were actually brilliant in portions of matches and then terrible in portions of matches. So there's no consistency there. And look, maybe that's because their players aren't good enough to be good for 95 minutes against the top Premier League teams. But you would expect a response in the opening day against a newly promoted team. Yeah, but look, I I guess, you know... if you, if you look at the results across the board, uh, uh, I'd imagine barring the Chelsea one, you know, and this seemed to be the case for even in the championship, uh, home form counted for a lot. You know, there was a lot of positive victories across all the leagues, really, say Premier League, Championship, League One. Uh, whether that's something that will continue, we don't know. But, you know, the opening day, um, you know, with the crowd behind you, it was only really Everton that suffered. So, 
uh, other than that, everyone else got off to a pretty good start. And even Fulham obviously gave Liverpool a real scare, you know, on their home patch. And and I guess, you know, they made some good signings in the end, Bournemouth. But yeah, it was a very slow start from Villa. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, he's very uh, abrasive at times, I, I think, Stephen Gerrard. At times, he reminds me a little bit of Roy. Uh, Keen in terms of how he manages, he's he's very honest when he comes out in the press and and forthright. But I don't know. I just think at times you might need to temper that anyway. But you know, I think that comes from when you're newly finished playing, when and then you become a manager, a bit like Roy did. I think your 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 honesty is your you you've played like that and then you manage like that. But at times, maybe said a little bit too much. I, I think about Tyrone Means, you know, in terms of how he took it how he took the captaincy coming off him. Uh, I just wonder whether some of that needed to be said publicly. But anyway, there you go. he almost referenced that he wasn't, you know, he didn't take it in a, you know, in the way, in a manner that he, he would have liked him to, which I, I think that's, yeah, that's maybe a little bit unfair on Tyrone Mings. I don't know. What would you think the attitude in the changing room is when Mings has been a player who has, you know, literally put his body on the line, has like, got injured sliding into the post trying to stop goals going in has come off bleeding in matches and come back on and has been there as the club has transformed from being you know a bit of a basket case to a regular team in the Premier League how does the changing room respond to Tyrone needs to look me in the eye yes I mean there's there's I think I think for when you've been a player like like Stephen has and and you know you're probably um and you play the way that he does I I think I think at times you probably look a little bit too much into, you know, there's other managers in the Premier League, right? I'd say Graham Potter. You wouldn't, you'd very really hear him critique his own players and everything is done in a very soft manner, very few confrontations. I wouldn't say modern day management is like that, but he seems to be able to, but that's maybe because he hasn't had the career that Stevens had. Maybe the career that Stevens had lends him more towards the brutal honesty at times that that you have with players, which, you know, it, it, it can, it can, it can work, but it can also maybe at times be a little bit too heavy handed. And I, I just wonder here with Tyra, look, Tyra Mings will know last season he was, he was at fault. He has made a lot of mistakes. If you're a Villa fan, you would have seen him yeah. out jumped at times. Um, uh, I can't. I can't. I'm not going to pin down every mistake he's ever made, right? But, but you know, the one thing I, I agree with you, right? Definitely, there were times last season when he made mistakes, but it was also clear that they didn't really trust him because when he would get the ball, you could hear them shouting at him to, you know, pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it. Like it was a real kind of very basic. Look, Tyrone, we don't want you doing anything fancy here, you know. And I think that they probably have telegraphed that they were going to take the captaincy off him and that they're looking for somebody else to replace him and that's fine but maybe the thing to do is to sell him as opposed to humiliating him like this yeah I mean look um, would it, would you have had the captaincy you know would it, would it have been done earlier in pre-season maybe yeah you know it, it just seemed the timing of it seemed to be um, uh, you, you know the timing of it just seemed to be a, a little bit strange but I don't know. Maybe some of the, uh, the, the, the I don't know the, the manner of their some of their performances, or or would you say the collapse say, against Man City? Did that have anything to? I don't know. I mean, you'd have to when you're the manager and you're dealing with the players day in day out. Obviously, he'd have a, he'd have a um, you know a bit more to 
to say on that. Although you could say how they played last season, Villa, in, in their sort of diamond shape to get Buendia and Coutinho on the ball meant probably Tyrone had to do a lot more defending than he'd probably like to. Yeah, hmm. uh, it's, It seemed like now they're probably set up a little bit a little bit more defensively, although I haven't seen them live, so I can't say. But when you've got, as they did say against Man City, Coutinho, Buendia, you know, they've got they've got the diamond. They, they're really overloading the top part of the pitch and those players are not tasked with recovery runs and getting back on the ball. Uh, maybe it might be, you know, you're asking your defenders to defend an awful, you've got Luca Dinia bombing down the left, you know, it's it's a little bit different, with, you know, and when you're a centre-half, you've got to do an awful lot of defending, so, you know, Matty Cash, he bombs on a, an awful lot, so then your two centre-halves are left to do an awful lot of work, so. Just on Mings, you know, being stripped of the captaincy isn't the end of the world, like Sammy Hoopia was no longer the Liverpool captain because Stephen Gerrard was ready to step it up. Yeah. Now, you as an Aston Villa fan, Chair, heading into this summer, were you just bursting to say on air, the one thing we need to change is the captaincy no. at this football club? Is John were you McGinn, happy with Tyrone Mings as captain or was John McGinn, for you, always a better contender? Is he the second coming of Stephen Gerrard? Is that what you're saying? Is that what, does Gerrard see? Does, does he see that in McGinn? I don't yeah, know. Reminds, you remind me of me. I mean, you know, the interesting thing is, have his, you know, Guardiola is now on his, I think, fourth captain in four seasons, right? But that is a combination of, I think Gundogan is now, I think, you know, obviously company. You know, every everyone who seems to get the captain's armband, Fernandinho, has has kind of left, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it is interesting, the captaincy, because if if you've been a captain like, like Stephen has, you probably put a lot of importance on that role and the type of person you want. And, and is because he's a midfielder, is there any, you know, midfielder like Stephen? You know, very, so it, yeah, what do you think of, of that actually because that, that, that Roy Keane places a lot of importance in the role of, of captaincy when he was at our road show he, there was still like a little he was still niggling away at the fact that Kenny Cunningham was the captain when he came back for Ireland when Brian Kerr convinced him to he didn't he actually said something that, like in passing but you knew that like he thought about it and it was it was one of those things and he always said a little dig at Kenny although he did sign him which is a bit weird but anyway um he seems to place a lot of importance in it and a lot of importance in it at Manchester United as well. But as you point out, Pep Guardiola, who we would consider to be one of the greatest managers of all time, doesn't really seem to care about it. Who's right? Well, I think he cares, but I think it's only by by default that, you know, like Fernandino doesn't tell him he's going. Oh, right, I need a new captain now. You know, so he, he's on to his fourth or whatever and company leaves or, or you know, retires. And, and so that's, you know, that's how that's gone a little bit. But... Um, I don't know. I think certain. I just. I. I see a lot of similarities with our Stephen managers to to how Roy does, and their personalities. Uh, Jordan Henderson is a little bit the same, you know. Being a midfielder, um, engine room. You. You know. I guess if 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 Jordan played less, what would happen to the captaincy then? Would Klopp, you know, take it off him or? As you said, I, 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 whether, whether Stephen needs some, needed to make that, but that's his decision, right? It's a big season for him. And if he feels he wasn't getting enough from, from Tyrone, then it's within his rights. But maybe yeah. it could have been done. It could have been done, I think, at the start of pre-season, you come yeah. back in. Yeah. I, I don't think you do it on the eve of the first game. No, I think that's I, fair I, enough. I feel like Gerard feels that the captaincy is a vital component of a team, whereas, as David is mm. mentioning, I think Pep Guardiola is like, oh, okay, look, captain's just one representation of my we team. have a lot of other I, I think so. Yeah. I look, I'm actually delighted that we can rekindle, finally, the greatest football debate of the 21st century, Gerard or Lampard. David, who would you prefer to be managed by? <laughs> 
I, d- I think it's difficult. Look, I, I have noticed that, uh, 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 you know, Stephen reminds me very much as, as when um, I played under Roy. His style of, of management, a lot, a lot placed on body language, um, a lot placed on honesty as, as, as a manager saying things. In, and, and, and there's no right or wrong, wrong way, but it just reminds me of that. And I, I would probably warm more to Stephen because I, I prefer honesty, you know, in, in that, you know, I prefer that, but, uh, out, out of the two, I'm not, I'm not saying Frank is, is dishonest, but it's just, I think you've, you've got to be able to manage that. And I think if you can't, uh, I don't think there's any prisoners, which is fine, but I just look at some other managers and how they do things. And I think, well, you know, they do it in a completely different way and get the same result. He is working on lower points per game than Dean Smith, bear in mind. Yes, and that will be that will be rammed down his throat. And how does he get, you know, Danny Ings, who, who, who Ollie Watkins, I think is his favourite. How does he get him in the team because he's got Danny there? Does one of them play wide? You know, in a four-three-three, where does Coutinho and and Buendia fit in? They probably don't. So he's he's got a bit of work to do. It also emerged this week that Luca Dean is on 163 grand a week, which is 8.5 million a year. He's the highest-paid player at Villa. When that stuff kind of leaks into the press, you're like. Really? Is that what happened there? How did that? What? But the internal jealousy at well, your it beloved. Just, it was interesting. The captaincy news broke, and then all the all the players' salaries somehow were made public on a list. It's almost like somebody in the club had a list of them, and it got screenshotted. And I don't know how it happened, but um, yeah. So. I mean, look, he's not as if he was not popular. From all intents and purposes, Tyrone was was really popular amongst his players. You know, and some managers go, you know what, well, we could take it off him, but the, the lads like him, that's, you know, that's fine. Yeah. And in the end, you can still be a captain of the club, right? You can be club captain, mm. but not play Exactly. And there was a way you to know. do that, you know, because yeah. by all account, yeah. Mings showed up to all the charity gigs and was like pressing the flesh with people and is a has got this incredible backstory where he yeah. has like, you know, he's come through real genuine hardship to become a footballer for... That now represents a city and has played for his country. And you're like, okay. Anyway, look, we spent too much time in this. We're we're already getting grief from the uh, the rest of the fans. Uh, who's going to win this? Everton. We haven't talked enough about Frank Lampard's style of telling you that you're better than you actually are. The opposite style of management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd I'd go with I still go with Villa here because I mean Everton. I, I don't know. At the minute, it looks like they, they're struggling to score a goal. I really like. Um, Anthony Gordon, but he's not a central striker. He was kind of thrown to the wolves last week. I don't know what he was meant to do um, in Everton's shape. I, I think Villa will, there will be a response from Villa. His team selection is really important, but I think it'll be Villa just. All right. Brentford versus Manchester United. This game is suddenly very, 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 very interesting. And it's not that there's a lot riding on it. Ten Hag's not going to get sacked or anything, but there will definitely be panic buys galore if they were to lose away to Brentford uh, what do you expect from Manchester United what do you expect from Ten Hag does he start Ronaldo because he has to what's going on here David um, I tell you what I've got tickets for this game but I'm working but nonetheless um, uh, my kids are going to go and it, uh, it'll be an absolute cracker so uh, in I their mean, little Brentford jerseys or in their little Man United jerseys uh, no in their uh, little Brentford jerseys right you know, so um, it's only down the road I mean I could walk there you know so um, but I'm not going to be at the game unfortunately but Look, United comprehensively beat Brentford last season. However, they've made some good... I mean, Damsgaard's a great signing. They showed character last week to come back from 2-0 down. 
And, uh, you know, every time you seem to write them off, they, they you know, they're able to, to sort of go again, you know. Um, they play really good football. I went to their pre-season game against Real Betis, although it was like watching paint dry. Because two, two teams, all they did was pass the ball to death. It, it was just so boring. I could have left after an hour. But I stuck it out because I had a couple of kids with me. I felt I had to. And I think even then after that, they wouldn't mind, you know, going after an hour. But the, the point being, I think they can play both ways, right? But whenever they get the ball into Tony, things happen. You know, the goal they got where Rico Henry looked like he just hit the ball in the box, but it was a much better, much better part. It was a pass into Ivan Tony in the box. You know, rather than passing the ball to death, if they just got it up to him, and he is going to, I mean, he'd be a foot taller than Martinez. Minimum, minimum foot taller. And last season against Liverpool, whenever they hit Matip, whenever they hit Tony onto Matt, he won every flick on, every flick on. He's going to win every flick on again as long as they play direct. And I hope they don't play like they did against Betis where they passed the ball to death. They get it in the air, get it up against Tony, up against Martinez. I tell you what, it's, it's going to be so intriguing. I, like, there's something in this game for Brentford if they do that, isn't there? Like, this isn't one-way traffic the whole game. No, absolutely not. Look, United will no doubt have a reaction, but Brighton put four past them, you know, in the penultimate game last season. Anyone who thought that that Brighton were going to be, you know, a shadow of their former selves without Basuma and Cucurella was, was shown, hang on a minute, you know, that's how a, a team or a club buys low, sells high, and continues to be strong, you know. So, um, no, they're, they're, they're going to give, uh, even without Christian Eriksen, they're going to, you know, they're going to give it a good go. And obviously he's coming up against his former team. So ah, it's, it's going to be fascinating. And they've got two, you know, Rico Henry is a brilliant left back. If you'd have told me United are going to sign left back Malasia from, uh, from final, I would have said, well, I tell you what, if there's a better left back than Rico Henry last season that I saw live, not too many, not too many. You're a Man United fan, Colin. Yeah, just yeah. to remind everybody that, just in case anybody's unaware. Yeah, a Man United fan. Do you know, um, there are two things that Brentford have managed to do this season that Manchester United haven't. Number one, they've got a point. Number two, they've successfully managed to sign a player from Bologna and United haven't. Aaron Hickey, this young fullback who by all accounts is a very, very, very promising player. And uh, Arnautovic is not coming now because... Ten Hag threw the grass up into the air, saw the way the wind was going, and that wind, the grass is actually going to the direction of vitriol by the fans being like, what are we doing saying this guy? It's like Manchester United are obsessed with recreating Eric Cantona in some way possible. I have to sign this bad boy centre forward who we're going to make fall in love with football all over again and he'll, uh, he'll prove the doubters wrong. That's uh, just another example of what's gone wrong. It's you interesting, know? but you mentioned, um, Colm, you mentioned Hickey because... I'd never seen this. This I didn't even know who he was until we went to this game against Betis, the friendly. And I thought he might be Irish, but I just never heard of him. You know, with a name like Hickey, you just. You'd, but anyway, he wasn't. But sixteen million quid. He looks like a brilliant signing. Mm. Let me tell you, he he was excellent. And um, you know, they pick him up. You know, they they do make some some really good under the radar signings that that yeah. sort of players don't really you know. And they're still without Ethan Pinnock. So you know, they've they've they brought in Ben Mee. You know, they'll be, uh, be a tough nut to crack. Yeah, can we, we should talk about Brentford. Let's talk about Brentford more, right? Because they also signed Mikkel Damsgaard from Sampdoria and he was the guy who lit up the Euros for Denmark. You know, they're, mm. like, they're getting these money ball signings. Then Josh De Silva back 
number 10 scored a great goal against Leicester he's had 18 months of turmoil with his hip injury let's let's focus on Brentford here. okay that's the that's story that's the biggest that the story yeah, here is yeah, Brentford yeah, yeah. Uh, so Brentford versus Manchester United half past five on Saturday evening uh, full blown crisis if Man United lose that would you pick Ronaldo to, from the start David even if he's not fit even though he says he's fit but the manager thinks he isn't what do you do um well, Marshall, I, d- I don't know. I think it's, um, I mean, I guess if there wasn't talk of Rashford going, you know, it looks like, I don't know whether he had talked to PSG, whether that's actually true. I mean, is, is that factual now? I don't know. But, uh, that's uh, mad. Every like, so often what happens. are PSG doing? Have they not watched any football for the last two years? Because they scored that one penalty against them. They're like, oh, we can, oh, we two can fix them. Two. That's enough. It's, yeah. Like, they seem to have some good players at PSG at the moment up front. What? Well, Ashford is a good player. That's the whole institutional problem. But they already United. have. They're well stocked in that area. Do you know who we should talk about more? Jaden Sancho. Yes. <laughs> well, well, David, I mean, what do you make of Jaden Sancho at Manchester United so far? What would be your well, assessment of him? I, I think two things, right? If he starts Ronaldo, I think it'd be loath to take him off because, you know, that creates another issue. So he's he's kind of like does he leave him on the bench and then and then and then bring him on you know and he makes an impact like Nunes or something like that or or otherwise you know he he squeezes Rashford into the team and i don't know what he'd do out wide maybe he might play Alanga or somebody like that but Sancho just looks like a shadow of his former self i know that's a phrase that is you know but i mean i work with a lot of people who've you know german football and worked in it for years i mean it, He's just so far off the the player that he was when he signed. Um, you know, he's he's. He, I don't know if he reminds me of how Dan James ended up at, at United. In that United signed him because all, all he did he was pacey, direct, and really confident. And then he just seemed to lose that with the you know playing for such a big club and making mistakes. And your your every move is analysed, and and he just seemed to deteriorate like and Dan James just said I wish I'd have stayed, tried to be the player that I was when I first joined I don't know whether that's the same with Sancho I, I, it's what it looks like are, are Manchester United going to win this game? well I'd imagine I, I'd imagine they would but if you look at how what Brighton did at the start of their game they got the ball booted it straight onto the two centre halves yeah Martinez who's a smaller one which uh, is exactly what Brentford should do they went and pressed you know, Dallow not even looking the right way when he receives the ball. And it'll be all action from from Brentford. And, you know, as I said, I saw him last season against Liverpool, and they're outstanding against the top teams. And yeah. As long as they play that way, as long as they don't try and out-football, I think they could out-football United, but as long as they, they also mix it up and go direct, they've got something that United don't, the ability to play along the ground and, and go in the air. Whereas... United don't have that either. I mean, the front part of the pitch for United at the weekend was was tiny. Okay. On Sunday, Forrest against West Ham and Chelsea against Spurs. Uh, Forrest have been really, really busy in the transfer window. It's just hard to know if that team is going to gel fast enough for them to be able to make an impact early. But they've certainly, they're taking the risk that buying big early is worth the outcome if you manage to stay in the division. What's your instinct about how well or otherwise that's gone for them so far? Well, I think I really like um, I really like the manager. I think he's a terrific one. Um, I think the Newcastle game was was always going to be tough, but look, that amount of signings will take time to gel. 
they've backed him. Make no mistake, they have. They've given him the money. Um, by all intents and purposes, obviously you've got Jesse Lingard going up against his former team. He was so good. He was so good for West Ham. Um, and these are the sort of games I think they'd want to be competitive in. The Newcastle ones, the the West Ham ones. The, you know, but are they at that level? Yeah. Uh, I think they're the top eight teams. They could be the top eight teams in the Premier League. Whereas uh, I think, let's say how they get on against your Everton's and, and other teams like that. I think, you know, Bournemouth's and, and teams like that. But I think I think they're going to find it tough against West Ham because, uh, you know, West Ham, I think, are a very established, really good team. Um Albeit they had the worst game possible last week against Man City. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which was like, hey, let me tell you, that was like watching Brentford against Betis. It was like watching. If you're a West Ham fan, you'd want your money back. It was awful because you never saw the ball. I mean, they never saw the ball. It was like it was a, a complete write off. It looked like a complete write off from the minute. And if you'd have spent two hours getting there, two hours in there, two hours getting home, you'd be like, what was the point in that? It was a complete waste of time. Right, uh, right off because Manchester City were so good or because yeah. West Ham were poor? Well, we're com- you know, it's a kind of combination. But, you know, nowadays teams are going to, even at 1-0 down, I was working on the game and I was asked, will West Ham change anything? No, of course they won't. They're not going to change anything because if they do, they'll just lose by four or five. Mm. You know, and th- that's going to be the case this season, right? Teams are going to go against Man City and they may as well just have a, have a week off, rest their players, you know, and and if they get beat, as long as they, go, they don't get beat by four or five, then it's a good day. Mm. You know, only losing two 0 for West Ham was was it was a kind of was a good day for them. Look, I, no one's saying it, right? But Liverpool dropping two points on the opening day of the season—that's a disaster for the league title race. Like it actually is. They're behind already. It's going to be ages before they catch up. Well, look, this is only the City side, right? That had two preseason games. They had two preseason games. Uh, and they played this game like it was another preseason game, in in complete control. Um, it took them a while to get the breakthrough, but but once they did, you know, and, and West Ham had to come out a tiny little bit. It, it, it could have been anything. So, I mean, what are they going to be like when they, you know, in a couple of weeks' time? Because it's almost like they're playing their way into form now, yeah. you know. Whereas other teams have six or seven. I mean, Liverpool were putting on a, a game the other night, weren't they? After the lads that didn't play, it was almost like. Pep was so confident in and how they're going to do things that he's using some of these games almost as like a warm-up. Yeah. I don't know if that Liverpool-Villa game behind closed doors ended up happening. It was supposed to and then I heard it had been cancelled but I'm not sure maybe something oh, did happen right. in the end. Yeah. Um, Chelsea Spurs is definitely the standout fixture of the weekend. Right, This game kicks off at half past four. Vinnie Perth alongside Stephen Doyle on commentary for us. You can watch it on Sky Sports at, at 4.30 and of course uh, the football kickoff is with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Um I've been really impressed by the job that Conte has done ever since the Burnley game where he effectively threatened to resign that night. He's managed to get everything he wants. There was a piece in one of the the papers during the week about the signings and how they're all basically six foot and over. He's building a team of aggressive, athletic giants who all have excellent footballing ability. Their front players are among the best collection of front players in world football. And yet, the Chelsea manager seems to have an owner who's backing him and getting him what he wants and they're on the verge of making incredible signings. They're on the verge of it. They haven't done it yet. So this is this is very delicately poised. Yeah, I mean, Conte is... Uh, you, I mean, we saw the images pre-season, right, where they're doing however many lengths of the pitch and lads killed over, getting sick and stuff. It's almost... Um, 
uh, you know, old school preseason that you know we used to do twenty odd years ago. But this is Antonio Conte doing this, and um, make no mistake, those players will, will will have worked. I mean, they would have been used to working hard with Pochettino, but this is, I think, gone up another level. And um, the way they've started, obviously Conte going back to Chelsea, um, they could have scored even more against against Southampton, who looked all over the place at times. Um, two changes at half time for them. Um, yeah, this is uh, this has got all the makings of of a of a classic. What if Chelsea were to add the players they've been linked with? I know it's ridiculous because nobody ever adds all the players they've been linked with, but Chelsea don't get linked with as many players as, say, Man United. But you add Fafana to that team, mm-hmm. you add Aubameyang to that team, and you add Frankie de Jong to that team. They're like one of the best sides in the world at that stage. Yeah. Yeah, hell of a battle. This is basically third against fourth in the Premier League, already confirmed this weekend, Chelsea versus Spurs. They are I, the next tier below I think the that, top two tiers. I think that these You're about could, to tell me they're going to take over? Well, I think that I don't think anybody's going to beat City, but I think that they could certainly challenge Liverpool for finishing second this year. Who? Chelsea? Both of these teams. Yeah. Like, it's a fascinating, it's actually genuinely fascinating this match. Spurs have only won at Stamford Bridge once in 32 years, but this could be twice. They've never looked so good. I, is this the best Spurs squad on paper the Premier League has seen? I'm a, they were very good under Harry Redknapp for a while when they had genuine width with Gareth Bale and Aaron Lennon. They had like real uh, fluid play under Redknapp and it was kind of gung-ho. But this seems like way, way above this. Yeah, you have to be careful though, right? Because do you remember the, the amount of times I've been on here and we, we were talking about Gavin Bazunu and, and, I, and I said when he was going to Southampton, I said, well, I'll just be careful because I, I think Raph, the next... You know, Ralph Hasenhutl will be one of the next managers to lose his job, and I, I, I will stand by that. And I don't think you you can read too much into the, how Tottenham did against Southampton necessarily. How Southampton played, I think most teams would have beaten them. Um, mm. Tottenham would have easily, you know, overcome m- many teams. So they're, they're gonna it's going to be a lot harder, and that, that's only the opening day. But but yeah, I, I'd agree. Look, they're very 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 strong. Um, you know, last season the two wing backs I thought were were pretty disappointing for them. As it was this season, maybe a little bit more work pre-season into them. You know, they're getting in a lot better. Sessegnon always in round the back post. Um, you know, they looked. Uh, Benton Core, I think, is excellent addition you know and look Kulisevsky's got his goal but you know Son and Kane are on a different level I think to to everyone else um, in that Spurs team and actually Son was a bit greedy right did you see where he dribbled and dribbled he could have laid it on a plate for Kane the other uh, against Savannah I think it was in in the sort of first half but other than that yes I mean the, yeah, I'd probably say they're, they're up amongst one of their strongest squads but I still think there's a little bit of room to go there you know I still think they can improve I prefer Doherty to, to Emerson Royale uh, um, I'd have him in the team. Um, you know, we'll see how Session goes over a full season. Will he get a full season or will Perisic usurp him? Mm. You know, but they've, 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 you know, they've certainly got the strength in depth, that's for sure. Kevin Spence, another option too, a right wing back. So, yeah, but, so that, many that, but do, do you not think though, Colm, that that was strange because he said, he said that he wasn't his signing. Yeah, weird. Well, maybe yeah. he's just already like, oh, just in case this doesn't work out, I'm a bit unsure about you, but the rest I'm unsure about. Well, I mean, but you sign a young lad because he's young, right? But I mean, he didn't come on, did he? No. He brought he brought on Matt instead. Imagine the light, the light change. Imagine so, if you're Jed Spence and you see that. You're yeah. Like, what did exactly. I do? Well, maybe maybe yeah. that's his way of dealing with Jed Spence. Yeah. Uh, I think you need to be written off for you to play well. Maybe I think the biggest standout for Spurs is that they scored four goals and neither Son or Kane scored. 
and that's a big progress from what they have been in the last couple of years where they've been massively over-aligned in the two boys. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I mean look, they've, they've got Basuma as well, you know, who didn't even come off the bench. Yep. Um, so they are, they are very, very, you know, very strong. Give I mean, me, the only thing, yeah, anyway. Give me a prediction. Um, Spurs win, 1-0. Right, mm. a little bit of history being made. Okay, the last game is Monday night, <clears throat> Liverpool versus Palace. Kickoffs at eight o'clock on Sky Sports. It's not a crisis, obviously, if Liverpool drop more points, but they're never—they're not coming back from five points behind or four points behind, are they? Against Man City at this stage, with the Terminator playing up front for them, oh, they've got to win this game. That's whatever happens. Like I don't care about the performance. Klopp is saying, just get out there and get a scratchy one 0 win, lads, and we'll get up and running. Right, David Connolly. Nothing matters here apart from a win. No, that's right. I mean, look, there is not a lot that's going to separate if it's going to be Liverpool, Man City again, right? So every point absolutely counts. Um, you, you know, say the Community Shield. You look at how Liverpool played in that, and yeah, you know, I thought it was wise starting Nunes again on the bench. Um, I think I thought he could have had another couple of goals. I, I thought he tried a little flick before he scored. The little flick that actually he should have got a connection on with just a simple finish. He would have put it in the back of the net. But I mean, you know, if you're playing Fulham and they would have seen a, a lot of them from last season, any ball in the box, you know, people say about Mitrovic, this, that, and the other. Any ball in the box, he is a real threat. He's hard to handle. But you know, even on the floor, he he was decent. But I, I, I think Fulham surprised them, no doubt. They surprised them with how they played. Um, but I, I think they'll overcome Palace come come Monday. Yeah, it'll be it'll be pressure pressurised enough if uh, if City win as we expect them to do over the course of the weekend too. So uh, very good. Uh, that is this week's episode of the Football Kickoff with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sport. Uh, yeah, so we will see you. Next Friday, round about half past 11. Colin, thanks. David, thanks. Best of luck. Cheers, guys. Thank you. The Football Kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.